Hello everybody and welcome to episode 7 of Just One More Podcast. This is August 27th, 2022. We've got John from My Brain on Games. How are you doing, John? I'm doing great. How are you? Well, I am still getting over um, all the various sicknesses that, that, that I had for about... 10 days still have an annoying cough but um and we know now that at least part of it was covid i don't think the 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 results were in last week um yeah well i i last saturday which by the way for anybody out there this is jeff from just one more level uh so last saturday i did take a test for covid came back negative but then the following day, Corey tested, and his came back positive. Um, and then I spent uh, a pretty much all week long, uh, whether testing or taking all kinds of medication and, and uh, working with my doctor to try to figure out just what all uh, was going on. And it apparently all started with just seasonal allergies that led to a sinus infection which then led to to, to covid and so it was a, a nice little tsunami of illnesses that all just kind of piled on top of each other but be that as it may um some people may think that that would have meant that i played a whole lot of games and i really didn't until about a day or two ago so so on the other um, hand, it slowed you down. Yeah, um, there there were a, a couple times that I was I was just looking at game screens, and I was like, I really want to play games. I just cannot sit up and and focus and and think to to do anything. So just gotta sleep and get your rest. Yeah, but I am feeling much better. <coughs> Outside As of you an, cough an into the mic, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm yeah. feeling much much better. Don't yeah, don't mind me. And so for the most part, like it it's it's uh, I I am feeling better. That there's an annoying cough that has decided to uh, to, to stick around, um, but I'm hoping that it doesn't stick around for too much longer because I'm I'm ready to be back to 100. Uh, percent Today was actually the first day that I went back to work in about 10 days, so. Um, it was, it was a, a little, you know, having to kind of kick the, the, the rust off a little bit because, um, it, yeah. it had been was a little it, while. Was it bothersome working with the cane? Um, I mean, not, not really. I mean, I used it to kind of help knock some, some pieces off. So it, it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. It, it can come in handy. Yeah. That's, uh, but with with that i did uh i did play quite a bit of, of triangle strategy over the last okay, two days this this is the podcast where you announce you have beaten triangle strategy uh right not quite what i i am what? pretty I, i'm i'm pretty much at the the final the actual final battle now now um, are you sure yeah i mean i don't really see how else they could 
prolong things because they've they they definitely did a pretty good job of just padding out the last couple of chapters um not a whole lot of combat just a lot of characters talking and kind of setting up for this this last battle and uh but i am pretty much at the 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 the, the last battle we are um i don't know if you plan on playing triangle strategy anytime soon um, i don't think i'll play it anytime soon but it is a game i wouldn't <laughs> mind giving a shot um final fantasy tactics it is not like it it has it has some some good uh tactical uh elements to it but it is not as expansive as final fantasy tactics uh, is um has some pretty good characters there's there's some good personalities that are that are in it but um for anybody listening to the podcast just be warned there most likely will be spoilers throughout the games that we talk about today um but so i i had i had mentioned this i, I think a couple days uh yeah i think a couple days ago uh to to you but um there's like older rpgs kind of had had this problem a little more often than i've seen from more modern rpgs that that pertain to like having a party that you soup up and you get them all kinds of great equipment and you pour resources into making them this like badass character for your party and then at at some at some point they they leave your party um that's kind of where where i'm at right now um there's a character that uh rides on horseback so lots of mobility he attacks with a lance has a lot of power to him uh his abilities allow for like attacking multiple enemies or just like running through enemies um so for the most part a very powerful versatile character and as the story progressed to get to this this final battle um he wanted to do one thing in the story and the game it, it it didn't work out that way so he just decides you know what fine i leave i'm i'm done with this party i'm done with this story i'm done with all of you people i'm gone and the problem with triangle strategy is that there's a very it, it there's there's finite resources to power up uh these characters so the fact that i spent uh the essentially each character has three tiers of of classes um they they start out in just kind of like a a, a rookie state and then they become a veteran and then they become an elite uh class to go from from rookie to to veteran you have to have these items called uh i think metal of bravery um and then to go from veteran to elite you have to have the medal of of honor um the medal of honor items are more scarce than the bravery ones and it's it, you you really have to think about the characters that you're wanting to have you know really powered up in in your team 
And it was just one of those very frustrating moments because I was like, I thought RPGs had gotten past this. I have spent most of this game using these finite resources to power up this character and now I can't even use him going into the final fucking battle like like really um yeah I mean counterpoint would be this is just me speaking you know that stuff used to bother me too because like you said it's like oh man I wasted these finite resources on this character now I don't have that character anymore or those items like one that comes to mind is like playing Skies of Arcadia where, okay, well, I'm yeah. going to give this guy this weapon. I'm going to give this guy these items. And then, oh, uh, he left and he took those with him. Well, crap. Yeah. Um, that, so, I mean, that used to bother me too, but anymore, uh, it does not bother me as much. And I think it's, I just come in, come at it with the mentality of, well, that was a finite resource I used on this person, in your case, to promote this guy. And I'm not going to have him for that final battle. But it made it easier to get to that final battle with him in my party with me using yeah. that finite item on him. Yeah. He's not here anymore. So he's not going to help me in that final battle, but I would assume at that like late stage in the game, you probably got a pretty deep roster of characters to <laughs> deal with the final battle. Yeah. The, the one of the, the, the problems like the, there's a, a, a battle that takes place before the actual like final battle. And, end up you're you're trying to distract the the enemy um there's not really a a time limit on it or anything but essentially you're trying to to distract the enemy while another uh faction of your forces are going around to the uh southern uh the southern wall of the the high the holy state of hyzant's uh capital city so that they can blow a hole in their giant castle wall um, and essentially, the the battle puts you and your your team against uh, an enemy that has nothing but enemies that are on horseback, that have lances that can attack two to three spaces at a time. Um, so like they're closing the the gap, and it, it, it essentially, I I ended up having to really just turtle for the entire fight because if I tried to to space myself out or try to be too too tactical with it i just got picked apart because the, the the enemies there's like 20 of them that are on horseback that can move great distances and they can attack uh two or three allies at the same time and then they can attack through through barricades because they they can attack up to three squares um so without having that that souped up character i had to start messing around and tweaking my my uh, strategy and a, a little bit more on on the fly but got through that battle and and yeah so so now actually going into the the final battle and then triangle strategy will be completed for me and i'm i'm looking forward to to seeing those credits roll see how the story uh wraps up um and i think I think this will make game number nine, I believe, of games that I have beaten this year, which is also one of the like highest number of games that I've beaten in a year. Really? 
Yeah, I mean, at least for for quite some time. Like it has been a yeah, a, like a, a long time. I guess you know, like whenever we think of high school, it's like, well, you had the summer months or you know middle school where you had the summer months, you didn't have anything to do. Yeah. But yeah, let me see out of curiosity where I am then for the year, because I know I well I I won't look. It's generally like twenty to thirty per year, but for me, I'm also playing a you know I include like some short games in there, like you know arcade games, which technically only take like an hour or less to beat okay so it looks like it should be i I think with triangle strategy being beat it's probably going to be seven games so far but Mm -hmm. then i've got aodin chronicle that i'm also working on um which i did put three freaking hours into that oh Uh, nice so those were some three enjoyable hours right oh yeah um as as far as far as like really getting into the the nuts and bolts of of uh, what makes a, a, a an RPG great whoo man I, I I I love taking one step forward to then be able to take seven steps backwards um y- you would you would uh said that that the game was very much a slog and it is very much so like um yeah and you know i we mentioned multiple times on podcast off podcast um for me it was the sort of game where it's enjoyable like i like it because you're just checking off a checklist basically go get this go do that and you know the completion aspect of that of completing a list is enjoyable but it is not a good game it's it's the type of game with such a light story it's got story in there but you know and i paid attention but at some point i'm really probably just thinking like the last four or five hours i spent just trying to get the get all the achievements and trophies that last four or five hours where it's just you're doing nothing but the quests it's really a podcast game where you just basically yeah. put something in and just zone out because it's a very straightforward thing. And and so you you did get uh, 100% of the achievements, right? Yep. Yeah, I, I have completed that game from an achievement trophy perspective. Okay. That's... Uh, for... That's something you will trek towards? I mean... Question mark? I, 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 I might as well because, yeah. like... It it is not a, it it's not a complicated game. No, it's easy. Um, it's it's hard because it's not a lot of fun. It's kind of a chore. It's a yeah. slog, but it's not difficult. It's just time consuming. Yeah, and uh, I mean, they're the, the characters. They get upgraded. They get some new tricks up their sleeve as as their weapons and armor get uh, get boosted. And that was a cool aspect of the progression. You know, it wasn't just strictly, okay, you went up a level, so now you're, you've are you got more health, you got better defense, and your attacks do more. Like, yeah. they actually did make a good effort of, hey, anytime you level up, or I forget what it is, maybe it's just like the different tiers of your armor, the different tiers of your attacks, like, there is a new aspect of that, whether it's a new gameplay mechanic, a new, like, traversal mechanic, or just something that is is really impactful thought that was a yeah they good, did a good job with that um and so between the, the the three playable characters in aodin chronicle rising um who was who was your favorite 
um, I think just the the primary character. I forget her name. Um, it's probably top of your mind though. Um, CJ. CJ, yeah. So I think I played as her like most of the time. And then there's the kangaroo guy who's who's your second recruit. He's more like a power guy, but he's slow yeah. and doesn't have as good of jumping abilities. His name is Guru. Guru. And then the third character you recruit to fill out that trio was the uh, the mayor. Um, I liked her ability to float, kind of like Princess Peach and like Super Mario Brothers two. But again, yeah. I basically just defaulted to CJ. I felt she had the greatest blend of attacks and jumping abilities. But that third character, the mayor, was Isha. Isha. Yeah, I I I really like her. She's probably like my second favorite, close close to to first, just because of the the ranged ability that that she has. Um, the problem that I do have with her is like sometimes it can be a little frustrating to aim her shots. Um, yeah, I re- I remember that. Like it's again, the game is not difficult. But like there, there'd be some of these like floating witches and stuff, and just not being able to quite line line up the shots, and then having to wait for the, her three bullets to to replenish. I'm uh, sorry, it, I gotta we gotta rewind that. There be some witches. There be some floating witches. That there there would there there are floating witches that that create those little shields around them that uh, essentially you have to use. Uh, I I I say Isha. It might be Aisha. I'm not really sure. Yeah. There's no, there's no voice Isha. acting, but um, yeah, those those enemies were annoying for me especially because, like I said, I always like defaulted to CJ. So whenever they popped up, it's like okay, well, let me switch to Isha so I can break that shield and then just switch right back to CJ so I can wallop on them. So um, one area that that I I just got to and I I was getting frustrated uh on on the stream with it because um these two hellhounds appear and then you've got these like three or four little dogs that also appear along with them and they just run back and forth and they're very difficult to dodge very difficult to just avoid their attacks so they're constantly hitting and whenever they do hit you they they knock your character down and they do a pretty good amount of damage um and so it it just wound up with me just mashing the the, the buttons trying to, to do enough damage before I died. Um, so like there, I I wish that there was a little bit more of a way to deal with those without having to mash buttons. But um, and so you said you've picked it back up on stream. Have you been uh, those three hours you put in this last week? Was that on stream and you doing the voices for the characters? Yep. So you're going to finish out the game in that manner? Um, yeah. Um, finish it up, get uh, the entire playthrough uh, streamed through Twitch and then uh, uh, exported to, to YouTube for anybody that's you know interested in, in the, the story and the characters but not wanting to also go through the, the amount of fun that I'm going through uh, playing yeah, the game. I'm, maybe somebody just wants to come watch you get frustrated fighting hellhounds. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's uh, one one thing that is just so enjoyable because like I like going through like the the snow peak area, going through the summit and the crest and all that kind of stuff, and then like 
you you take one step forward and then the the party's like we should go back to the town and and uh go talk at the tavern it's like or how about we just you know continue going forward so that we make more progress than having to to do this whole thing over again um luckily there's fast traveling and it it, it does load pretty quickly whenever going to, to different areas but it's still just kind of one of those things like dealing with the, the the barrows and having to find the exact way to go in and out of those so that you can get back to town is it's a little frustrating yeah i will say the fast travel was really well implemented as well like there at the end whenever i'm basically just completing side quests it's so helpful to be able to okay let me go to this this little dungeon get the items i'm needing and then just go back to the entrance of the dungeon, but from there, go into the quick travel menu. And, you know, the town, with its multiple sections, it was so, I'm so thankful they didn't just have, like, one quick travel point for the town. Like, okay, just go to the town center, oh, yeah. and then from there, you have to branch off. It's like, no, they had a fast travel point for every little screen of the town, so it was very helpful towards the end. Yes, it, especially as as the town grows, and you have more people, and you're trying to you're going through all the the different like side quests and stuff and it's like okay i i need to go here i'm so glad that i can just bring up the menu and go there um but so so with that i've i've almost completed the the gold stamp uh book thing um i i think there's one more i, I think there's one more past the the gold stamp book that I have to collect. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to remember. I think there's maybe a platinum stamp book, and that's basic. I think gold stamp maybe is what you get for completing this, is what you get around the time you beat the story, and then there's one more to complete. Or maybe yeah. I have it wrong. Maybe it's platinum is about the time you beat the story, and then you have one more after that. But I, like I said, I am, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, to having that game completed, so then I'll have two additional games. Uh, to add to my my 2022 beaten list. Yeah. Um, yeah. Next week you should have two games completed, un- unless there's a surprise yeah. too. Unless you throw another short one in there too. Yeah. Which um, I don't. I don't foresee anything short popping up. But. Um, but those are amateur numbers. You gotta jump. You gotta pack those numbers up. Um. But you know, it is it is something that uh, both of these games have been sitting on on the backlog uh, for quite some time since they came out, and typically it it's pretty rare for me to go back and uh, play a game once I've kind of lost Falling that connection. Yeah. Um, but as far as games that we're playing and are close to beating. How is uh, Shining Force going for you? Uh, Shining Force is good. In the last week since we talked about it, I think I've put in about another six hours. Um, I think last week I said I was a little more than halfway done. It seems like with the sessions I had today um, that I am right near the end. Uh, I seem to be very close to beating it. And, you know, just kind of quietly trucking along and is. It's a fine game, fine uh, old tactical RPG, strategy RPG. You know, it came out in '93, so there are some advancements that I 
I'm not, I want to say I'm used to, but are very appreciative, um, generate feelings of appreciativeness. Uh, like whenever I play the new, newer fire emblems, like being able to see the range of enemy units. So then I can decide where I stick my units or yeah. kind of to know what's go, what sort of enemies or terrain is going to be in the upcoming battle. And then I can customize my party to fit that those sorts of things aren't present in this. So there are some times where, you know, you just go into a battle and I think there is a way I can just exit out of the battle by using the main character's uh, egress magic spell, which I think just basically gets you out of the battle that I could then use to basically, okay, let me get a sneak peek at what I'm going to be dealing with. Oh, there's a lot of mountains and terrain. That's really going to slow down my on foot units. Let me go get some flying people or some elves who can really traverse that terrain. Yeah. So, but, um, do, do you think the, the, I mean, for you know, taking into consideration the fact that it came out in 1993, do, do you think it still holds up at least decently or oh, do you yeah, think sure. it, it's still, I mean, it, and it's the same sort of thing with like the story, you know, the story is real simple, you know, Hey, there's a bad guy. Uh, he's a bad guy. Uh, just <laughs> deal with him. Um, but well. you know, for what it is, it's, it's fine. There are some funny funny uh books book titles whenever you examine bookshelves in some of the towns there's some kind of funny dialogue but you know it's it's a 30 year old game so it, it's got blemishes that come with that but they also can make it a little endearing and you know since i've yeah. played tons of games from that you know it's like i'm of that age anyways uh, they don't mind me that don't bother me that much um one thing i will say uh, kind of the same thing with like Fire Emblem and the new, maybe just newer strategy RPGs, tactical RPGs is like in this game, there is the concept of promoting a unit. They can change their classes just like they can do in many of these style games. Well, I didn't look at what the requirements were. I think I may have Googled it and just saw where some of the games in the Shining series were level 20. And so I just had that level in my mind because again, in the game, there's nothing to my knowledge that explicitly says, Hey, here's when you can promote units. And of course I'm playing like an emulated version. I'm playing on the switch Genesis collection. So I don't have a manual to look at. And so I've got most of my, again, I think I'm like end game. Like I, I'm probably going to beat this game next week in, in probably like one or two more sessions, I would imagine. And so I've got a lot of my characters in my core party of about 12 units of like, who are like level 13 to level 20. Well, I thought the promotion level was 20. And so literally just before we started recording this, I went after finishing battle, but like, okay, I got two of my units to 20. Let me go promote them. So I talked to the priest and I asked him, Hey, I want to promote some units. And I go into the menu and I can promote all my units <laughs> because so, the promotion level is 10, not 20. Oh, well, you know, that, uh, it, one of those, those, uh, happy surprises, uh, I ha guess. happy, happy miracles or something. Yeah. The last couple of towns I'd been to, they'd had weapons that are meant for that second class. And so I was like, man, I've got to be getting close to getting some promotions going on. I'm, I guess I am. I'm close to level 20 on a couple of units. And of course now I realize the promotion level is 10 and I could have been taking advantage of these stronger weapons for a longer time. But, um, it it's, hasn't been that big of an issue. Like I've got some characters who are just walloping the enemies and I wouldn't say the game has been a cakewalk. It's not super easy 
because again there are just some of those dated mechanics and things that you miss from newer games but also there are just some instances where i think me personally i just play too aggressively i kind of, like you see me play mario i i like yeah. play mario games like i'm playing a sonic game yeah gotta go like, fast yeah like okay there's a run button in this game well i need to use it then i guess like i gotta play this game to the max yeah gotta, and gotta so get to that next level yeah, and so kind of on the same level, um, I play strategy RPGs pretty aggressively, and like I really shouldn't be sticking like my mages or my archers, kind of my more squishy units up on the front lines. But oftentimes, they have a larger range, a longer range, than those heavier, bulky units that should be my front line. And so I wind up putting them on the front lines, those mages and archers, and then like they like die in like, one attack. It's like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. Let me see. Do I want to? And there's no permadeath in this game, so that's nice. But it's like, okay, well, do I want to go ahead and use the game's rewind feature that's in this compilation, or do I want to just tough it out if I'm near the end? So I've I've done a little of each, and that is one nice thing about playing this game in a compilation form is having the rewind or fast forward feature, especially fast forward like whenever it's going through the enemy's turns. Um, turns are dictated, yeah. I think, kind of randomly, but kind of based on everyone's speed stat. So it, you know, the flow of the battle is not the same every quote unquote turn. Um, but if you're going up against like twelve enemies, like sometimes you're just and you're far away, you just see the cursor go to their unit, select stay, go to their unit, select stay, and so having the ability to fast forward through that stuff is pretty nice. So. Uh, how much time? Did, how much time did you say you think you have left with the with the game? Like maybe a, a session or two. Yeah, I'd say I probably have. I have less than six hours. I think I, I put in about six hours this last week, and you know, generally I'm playing for like an anywhere from thirty minutes to two hours per session, just kind of depending on what I'm doing. Uh, with playing it on the Switch, it's easy for me to just pick up and play. If like Jenny's playing a game, I can play this on the couch. Or yeah. ideally, I'm playing it up on the television and then using one of the like the 8-bit Do M30 Genesis style controller. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I should, you know, knock on wood, I should have it beaten, completed by next week. Um, and I think that'll probably come in like two, one to two, maybe three sessions tops. Well, do you see yourself diving into Shining Force 2? Is is that on the, the, the collection as well? Uh, it is. And at the very least, it'll be added to my backlog. You know, throughout the last couple of years, I had these ambitions to go through all these, like, RPG series. And it usually, like, not, they don't, the desire doesn't come all at once. But, you know, I was playing through all the Final Fantasy games. And I think 8 is the next one on the docket. Or if I, I think where I stopped, I was like, well, I be, just beat 7. I'm going to go do Dirge of Cerberus and Crisis Core next. And then I stopped. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Funny how that is whenever Dirge of Cerberus uh, is the next game you got to play. Yeah. That, it's just... Uh, speaking of, of RPGs and just games that are so enjoyable to play... Uh, Dirge of Cerberus is uh, not on that list of, yeah. of games that are enjoyable to play. I, I remember checking it out like a couple of years ago whenever I got to it and I popped in the PS2. It's like, okay, you know, I know it's not a, not a RPG, you know, it's like a third person slash first person shooter. But the thing that really uh, baffled me and that immediately gained my interest was the fact that, oh, this is a PS2 game that has mouse and keyboard support. Let me go find a USB mouse and a USB keyboard and try that out. 
And so I did. And and the the, the game won you over, right? Like you, well, you played all all the way to completion, and it's it's still on my backlog. Mm. But hey, whenever I get to it, it's only like seven hours long. <laughs> but so you know, I did that with Final Fantasy, and then Star Ocean is another one where I got up to. I beat Star Ocean uh, 3 till the end of time, and then Star Ocean 4 is the next one. Uh, I, and, I, I love till the end of time. Such a and, good game. And Suikoden. You know, I'm right now kind of in the dregs of Suikoden and Tactics. I feel like I'm getting closer and closer to firing that up as I work through some of the games on my backlog. And then now I guess I can add Shining Force to that list. But Shining Force 2, I think, will remain there for a while. Um, as we talked about last week, the Sega Genesis Mini 2 uh, is going to come out towards the end of the year. I think it comes out in November. And yeah. that has Shining Force 2 on there. So I think, and I did pre-order it um, last week. You know, I think I just brought it up and we were talking about it. Afterwards, yeah. I kind of was looking at the details more and kind of looking at the li- list of games. And, of course, it was late at night, so you're more susceptible to buy stuff late at <laughs> night. All those and impulse so, buys. And so I bought it. So I've got it pre-ordered. Um, Shining Force 2 is on there. You know, this is an M2 developed in collaboration with Sega compilation. And in fairness, the Sega Genesis collection compilation that's on, like, the, the Switch, the PS4, the Xbox, the PC Steam, it's not the greatest quality, but there is a lot of quantity to it. There's a lot of good games there. So I I'm think I may wait to dive into Shining Force 2 uh, whenever I get that. Just to, just to have a better emulated version of Shining Force 2. Yeah, just get get some of those those uh, quality of life improvements. Um, well, not there. There's not any quality of life improvements. I mean, it is the game. The game is going no. to be the same across both. It's just going to yeah. be more true to life. It, it'd be more like I was actually playing the cartridge version. True. So, um, anything else that that you're you're playing alongside Shining Force? Well, uh, last week I said I'd pro- I don't know if I had started a record of Lodos War Deedlet in Wonder Labyrinth last week or if I just said I was I think I was go- said I was going to start it. Yeah, I, because I, I, I was you, you said you were going to start it. Yeah, cuz I feel I felt like that was going to be something I could play in concert with Shine Force and I felt like that wasn't too long of a game. It'd been on my backlog basically since we got the since we got our Xboxes, since it was on Game Pass and I heard of the game before just because it seemed like it was a pretty well-received metroidvania and uh it is it's pretty dope uh i did beat it it is also pretty short i think one of the main criticisms i saw from the game from people talking about it after i'd beat it was you know basically its length you know this is a game strongly inspired by symphony of the night castlevania symphony of the night and in that vein, you know, there's a lot of exploration. You're going through this 2D castle. You've got, you know, gorgeous pixel art, amazing animation. You've got a killer soundtrack and kind of some backtracking involved as you're going through this dungeon, this uh, castle of sorts. But this one didn't have as many alternate paths to take. It still had them. There were locked doors that I'd have to return to because I couldn't open them right whenever I first appeared right whenever I first encountered them. Uh, but it was pretty linear in comparison to other, maybe like Castlevania games or like Metroid games. It was fun. Very good. Like I said, like, like the animation is just amazing. 
and uh, if I remember, so it it's kind of like a like an eight or I guess closer to like a sixteen bit style, like graphical style. Um, I'd say it's more thirty two bit. Um, you right. know, it lo- you know, Symphony of the Night was a PlayStation game. Um, this this looks better than a PlayStation game. So I mean, it, I guess you'd say, yeah, it's probably like a sixty four bit game. Um, you know, it, it's they're not really it's pixel art it's 2d art but they're not really trying to hit like we want a super nintendo look or we want a playstation look um they just want that style gotcha well so with uh um with the games that, that, that we're playing it seems like we're well you've you've completed one we we both have about three that are really close to to uh, being completed. Um, any anything on the like? I, I know you said that you're kind of thinking about Suikoden and tactics. Like you're you're getting closer, and of course you you are kind of in that that tactical. I guess we both are kind of in that tactical mindset right now with uh, me with triangle strategy and you with uh, shining force uh, yeah I, I think I mean it might might as well be a good thing to you know dive into Sweet in tactics I, 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 I think even though it's not not one of my my favorite games I, I think uh, I, I, I think that you would find some some enjoyment out of it yeah I mean we checked it out a month or two ago a couple months ago and yeah. it seemed novel, like even just from like that first stage we played, um, the gameplay mechanic seemed unique. You know, it seemed like it wasn't just your cookie cutter strategy tactical RPG. And the visual style, I think it had like cell shaded graphics. Maybe less the character models were cell shaded against kind of a more non cell shaded background. I, I thought the visual yeah. style was pretty neat. Um, and so I, I I think that might be a good one to ultimately to get Suikoden and tactics out of the way so that you can then play, you know, quite possibly the best game in the franchise with Suikoden and five. I, I, I think, you know, just kind of get tactics completed so that you can get back to the, the to the, the good parts of, of, of Suikoden. Yeah. Um, well, after playing uh Deedlet and wonder labyrinth, it made me think of record of Lodos war on the Dreamcast. That was a, that's the only other game related to the record of Lodos War franchise, um, which it's a, it's a series of Japanese fantasy novels, I guess, based off of a Dungeons and Dragons campaign or a, another like Dungeons and Dragons tile game campaign. Gotcha. But that record of Lodos War on the Dreamcast, I played it back in 2010. I played it like 10 plus years ago now and sunk a couple hours into it and just didn't vibe with it. It was like a Diablo clone, but I just really wasn't digging it. After playing Deedlet, it's like, well... I'm kind of familiar with all these characters now. Maybe I ought to go back and check that out. Give that a second look. Well, and I mean, we've we've had some good experiences with the Dreamcast. It's a it, it's a good it's a good platform. Yeah. Um, all all those times with Choo Choo Rocket and uh, oh yeah, uh, plenty of great games on Dreamcast. Yeah, no need uh, to evangelize it to me. That's uh, if, if only Sega wasn't getting in their own way they 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 could have had a better run at it 
Yeah. Well, hey, the the Sega Genesis Mini and the Sega Genesis Mini 2, those are the first pieces of hardware or console hardware that Sega has developed since the Dreamcast. They're making a they're making a comeback, Jeff. I mean, if if Atari can do it, Sega can can uh, can can try. Yeah, I mean, Sega, take some tips from Atari from modern day Atari. You need to release a speaker hat. You need to get yep. into hotels. Just yep. Just give your branding to anybody who'll pay you five bucks. That's. Uh, but outside of 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 those, um, I I think that uh, as far as like my my upcoming slate of. Of, of games uh i've been kind of going back and forth on whether or not I, I want to you know really get back into uh, yakuza like a dragon and i've got a couple a couple people that that i work with that uh have have actually started playing like a dragon and so that that's really helping fuel the okay i need to get back into that game oh yeah uh, it's always nice whenever coworkers or other friends are playing the same game you're playing got a chance to discuss it and catch up like every every time you see them yeah which also you know in in uh in the vein of 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 rpgs it it's a little more of a of a task to to get back into an rpg that you haven't touched in a while so being able to kind of hear other people talking about their their journeys through uh through like a dragon it's it helps to uh, alleviate that uh like getting getting my feet back underneath me so to speak um as far as just what the characters are are doing where where things are at as far as the story and all that so um so i think once uh, triangle strategy is completed um yakuza like a dragon will be the the game that i i i go back uh go back to um if i remember correctly i was I think I was over halfway done with the game, so there shouldn't be a whole lot of uh, time left with it. I I don't um, I don't foresee myself going for the platinum, and I think that's going to help help me get back into the game and just complete it. Yeah, uh, just focus on the narrative and be like, okay, I can just knuckle down, not try to do, not try and go above and beyond. Yeah, um, and then. Um, possibly get myself into into the uh vita and ps4 killzone games to 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 wrap those up because those won't as far as single player wise they're they they're not going to be long games so um those will be fairly easy to 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 get back in um and then just you know continue seeing that the 2022 beaten games list just continue to grow so um cool well kind of another spin-off of deedlet for me it's turned out to be like a launching pad uh after i beat deedlet since it was so inspired by symphony of night i thought well symphony of night the 360 version it's backwards compatible on xbox let me pop that open and that kind of produced a quandary for me i'd played that back whenever it released on the 360 but my saves were still on the 360 uh, well, I want to play on the new Xbox, the one I have hooked up to the TV. So I went and got the 360 out of, out of the storage room, out of the storage box. 
because you know whenever we bought our Xbox, we bought that bundle, whatever what was the, whatever the bundle was that gave us Game Pass Ultimate, which yeah. going along with that means we have cloud saves, and with cloud saves. I can take those 360 saves, put them in the cloud, and boom, I got them on the new Xbox. So I did that for Symphony of Night, and it was pretty cool to pop that in and be able to look at my like 15-year-old save, like literally save from 2007, and be like, hey, I can resume <laughs> well, that game. I beat it back then, but there is like two achievements left, and like I, didn't, I never explored the full cast, like all 200.6% of it. Well... But, but in that process, I started going through and saying, okay, well, I've got the 360 out. Let me go ahead and just put any backwards compatible 360 game save into the cloud. That way I don't have to keep lugging this thing out if I decide to go play a different game that I had to save in. Yeah. So uh, I went through and did that all like Thursday night or something. Like at, I think I beat Deedlet on Thursday or Wednesday, and then I went and did that right afterwards. And that... It was kind of a tedious process. It would have been nice if there was a a feature or a function that just basically let me pick all my game saves or all backwards compatible game saves and just put them in the cloud, but instead I had to go through the storage one by one and just basically, Oof. okay, let me select the game, let me find the game save, let me move to the cloud, and then we go back and it processes it in the background. But uh, it was a tedious process, but again, for someone like me who kind of likes checklists or... Um, cleaning, organizing, that sort of stuff. It was still kind of fun. It was a trip down memory lane, as it were. Uh, you know, going through and seeing, okay, all the games that I'd played. And it was also, besides being trip down memory lane, it was helpful just seeing, okay, well, here, let me go through a list as well while I'm doing this to see what all games are backwards compatible. And then of those saves, some of them, I actually have some saves for you too. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Now, I could not move them to the cloud because I think once you move it to a cloud, then you retain ownership of it. So then I don't, you know, I think if you tried to use it, then be like, ah, this is all messed up. But like, of course, Army of Two, which we played not too long ago, like your save is on my 360 yeah. or on my memory stick. And then uh, a real old one, Far Cry Instincts Predator. Uh, you have oh, a save on there, God. probably like our multiplayer stats or whatnot. Yeah. So at some point, we'll have to move those up get your saves move up to the cloud the most most of the games only had like one or two save files probably just like a normal save and like an auto save uh, so it wasn't too bad uh, except for the elder scrolls games oh boy. which i'm sure it's I'm, I'm sure everyone plays this way uh, especially with like elder scrolls where they give you the option to just always create a new save instead oh, yeah. of just overriding the same two or three well yeah. i had i think probably like there wasn't as many with Oblivion, but I think with Skyrim I had like sixty saves. Well, I mean, you, you always want to make sure that you're not, uh, you know, going too far down a story path and not being able to go back to, you know, if if you see how a story is de developing and you and you don't like it, you know, being able to go back is, is uh, you know, very very crucial. Exactly, and I figured well. I, I want to play Skyrim again at some point. I With that original version, I have a lot of achievements left to do. There's, I don't even think... No, I did beat the main story, but there's other quest lines I didn't complete that I'd like to get back to at some point. But I figured, well, I've got the 360 out. I don't need all these saves. I really would be fine probably just taking like the last like three most recent. But 
I'm here, so let me go ahead and just do them all. Yeah. Um, and so while you were going through your, your list of games with the, the save files that are backwards compatible, whenever you selected something, did it then take you all the way back up to the top? And then you have to, like, cycle back down and just keep making progress that way? Or did it keep keep where you were at? No. No, I think you're kind of talking about, like, probably probably visualizing the same thing I'm thinking about, too, with, like, the PlayStation Store, like, the PlayStation yeah. V to, like, re-download list. No. Um, thankfully, yeah. it was not like that. Basically, uh, you know, I'd go into the game, select the save, uh, move it. And then I just basically back out, and it just keeps backing you out one level. So I would just have to hit back right. like twice, and then I'd be back to the the list of contents on the the hard drive. Because yeah, that's you. You and I have have, have talked about this uh, in in the past about how with doing anything with the PlayStation Store, either on the Vita or the, the PS3, um, going through that that god awful download list for. If you hit download on anything, it's in that list, whether it's free or something you paid for, whether it's a demo or a trailer you downloaded or a piece of DLC that is just an outfit for something. Like, And then if you select what you're, you know, something that you just happen to go by and you're like, oh, I forgot all about that game, and you go to download it, it then takes you all the way back up to the top. And Yeah, and- yeah. If it was doing that, trust me, I would not have... Uh, gone through like all 60 of my Skyrim saves. <laughs> uh, just would have been like, okay, I'm taking one of you and just going to call it good. Yeah, I mean, I probably wouldn't I probably wouldn't have gone after every backwards compatible game at that point. I would just be like, okay, which are the ones I'm going to realistically play again? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, so, I mean, I did that ostensibly to check out Symphony Tonight. I popped it in, just kind of went or walked around a little bit, but kind of same thing with like you and yakuza where it's hard to come back into a game um after you've stepped away from it for a period of time you know maybe a couple weeks couple months uh you know 15 years a little hard yeah that's uh you you said that the the game save was from 2007 yes yeah i had two i had two saves for that game and both are from 2007 which which is awesome you know (laughs) very cool to be able to say okay I have this 15-year-old game save. Let me move it up to the newest version of this platform and then continue playing. And, you know, that it, it goes back to a lot of the, the kudos that I have given to, to Microsoft over uh, really, like, halfway through the Xbox One. And so far with the, the Series X, just, like, Microsoft has done such a good job of being pro-gamer. Um just and and, of, and you know it's, it's like such a good job in comparison to their competitors. Like yeah. for me, it's like okay, uh, same way. I'll give them tons of kudos for making backwards compatible uh, games a focal point for them. But there's it's like a politician says, you know, there's a lot of work left to be done. You know, they have stopped yeah. that effort. They've basically reached the end of life for their backwards compatible, adding more games to that list, but. You know, there's still tons of Xbox and 360 games that aren't backwards compatible. I'd yeah. love to see a full list. I'd love to see every game, but that's not possible anymore nowadays. But, you know, kudos yeah. for what they did. Yeah. Um, 
And I mean, who 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 knows that you know maybe a year from now, two years from now, maybe they'll they'll pick it back up a little bit. Maybe they'll add a couple more games or whatever. But um, yeah. But just the the fact that that you and I can can go to the Microsoft Store <coughs> through the through the Series X um, and stuff like Osiris Wrath, be able to get the the, the DLC for just a couple bucks each uh, for for a game that came out. 10 plus years ago whereas if you go to the if you still have a ps3 and you boot up the playstation store um it's much more of a hassle to be able to track the game down um and i mean you can still buy the game and you can still buy the dlc on the playstation 3 but yeah. you know since price. since microsoft has made that stuff backwards compatible that incentivizes those publishers to be like well we can still generate sales off this and you know it's still on yeah. it's still on the web store it's still on the newest platform let's put it on sale you know the la- yeah. i don't know the last time something for the something was on sale on the PlayStation 3 but it was probably like 2014 maybe 2015 probably and and pretty much any time that you boot up the the Vita and go to the PlayStation store all of the the weekly deals and stuff have been the exact same games for about three, maybe four years now, um, it is what? it is the, the the it is the exact same stuff all the time. One thing that I found strange uh, since we've got the Xbox is that has made me pay attention to the Xbox Store more in sales. Like, you know, wonders you know, no wonder it's a wonder that whenever you have the device, you actually start paying attention. Hey, maybe I'll buy something on that storefront. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. it's it's crazy. But so I mean I had not really paid attention to the Xbox storefront since you know the 360 really like 2013 yeah. or something I guess probably but now I pay attention like okay well what what's on sale weekly and one thing that's baffling is that there are still some Xbox 360 games that go on sale but no. not backwards compatible Xbox 360 games Xbox 360 games that are still only on the Xbox 360 like every week, every yeah. week there's like one or two games that are just yeah. isolated to the 360 that go on sale. So I mean, even though we are, you know, when did the, that platform launch? 2005. Even though we're like, yeah. you know, closing in on 20 years from the time this platform debuted, there are still items on that storefront that go on sale. Yeah, and and like what what you pointed out, like that go on sale that are not compatible with the the current generation of hardware. Yeah, but, that you can only play on this 20-year-old device. Yeah. This nearly 20-year-old device. Well, and uh, so much of, like, I I feel like PlayStation would make so much more money if they just did more things that gamers wanted. Like, if they, <laughs> if they like, and it's, it's, it seems like such a no-brainer thing. That's that. Yeah, that just sounds real stupid when we put it like <laughs> like that. That sounds like, I don't know. That sounds like little kid logic. Like, like if you just did the things people wanted, you'd make more money. Because it's like, um, you know, we we've talked about like Capcom is not going to be making millions and millions of dollars off of Osiris Wrath. They're, they're not, but they are going to you know trickle in a little bit more residual money off of something that they that they released 10 plus years ago that they're really not having to put any extra work into but they can get a few more dollars out of either through the, the DLC sales or whatever 
and speaking of Capcom specifically, like there's a very cogent uh, example of this with Dragon's Dogma. They just yeah. announced a sequel to Dragon's Dogma 2, you know, kind of a cult favorite game that yeah. obviously is going to spark interest in the original game. Like that's one where I, like me, after they announced Dragon's Dogma 2, it's like, okay, well, you know, let me go see how much Dragon's Dogma 1 is. Like I have a physical copy, but it's a good now game. like now like all the time it's it's 90% off on storefronts, which yeah. um I think the version that goes on sale is basically like the remastered version of that 360 PS3 game, but remastered think, for the uh, Xbox One PS4. Darker Risen. Yeah. So, I mean, in that case, there is a a current version you can still buy for both platforms, but, I mean, if they ever announced, like, a sequel to Oscar's Wrath, like, doubt it'll ever happen, but if they did, <laughs> that'd well. be something where, like, players on the Xbox platform would be able to, well, easily go back and get that game likely on sale where you can on the PlayStation platforms but you have to have that PS3 and you have to pay full price for you know the DLC yeah. in the game that's you know 10 plus years old but you know it's just like like I said it, it's such a it's such a dumb and just no-brainer thing but like like when Sony was uh, was relaunching PlayStation Plus and the the, the, the premium tier that's $120 a year is, was going to, to to feature PS1 and PS2 and PSP titles that are you know pulling from the the, the, the classics catalog. Um, like they they started off with like thirteen titles, and then two months have gone by and they've added nothing to that catalog. So these people didn't, who paid didn't they add some more classics games like the first following month? Uh, well, they started with with thirteen titles and then they added one more title okay uh, that like may in, be what in I'm the, thinking of in in the same in the same month that they introduced the 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 relaunch of plus and so now we've gone two months and they haven't added anything new that is just for premium and so people are starting to get really frustrated because people paid 120 dollars to to get to this tier so that they could play these ps2 ps1 psp titles that are generally locked to the PlayStation 3 or or the Vita in, in some some cases. Um, and I I feel like I I would also be very like I haven't I I'm most likely not going to in fact I I do not see myself renewing my my plus subscription once it it comes up for uh, renewal I think in in April. Um, because just so much about what what PlayStation is doing is just not working and it's just so frustrating and annoying and it's just like with with what Microsoft is doing like I I still prefer owning my games but there is just nothing out there that compares to, to Game Pass just the fact that like there there are game like what remains of Edith Finch that we talked about last week I would not have checked that game out I would not have spent the money to check that game out I mean the game has been out for 5 years and I never touched it but because it was on Game Pass I checked it out and I was like oh my gosh this is actually like this is a good game and I would not have checked it out had it not been for Game Pass um, yeah. and and I kind of look at it too like in or I kind of look at the evolution of that uh, example for you is the same for me where I would not have paid 
the 20 bucks for this game probably yeah. you know i would have waited for it to go on sale but barring that i probably never would have checked it out but since i played it and i always kind of think this way like whenever i buy a game on sale i was like well i enjoyed that enough or maybe the next game this developer puts out i will get that day one so you didn't necessarily get the sale from me or you didn't make a lot of money off me this time but next yeah. time i may be in your camp yeah and like tony from uh, from gamer vision uh, typically uh he he says that uh, if he tries a game out on Game Pass, and it it ends up leaving the, the catalog or before before it leaves the catalog, he'll go ahead and buy it to support the the developers or or he'll buy uh, the DLC that surrounds a title if that's if if he winds up liking the game, um, and I mean it it's it Game Pass has has proven to be a really good avenue for trying out games that. Uh, like tunic is another title that i probably would not have checked out because i'm not really a uh zelda fan but well that's good because this is not a not hugely hugely zelda game i mean true um so being able to to try it out and like it it's just sony keeps stating that with with plus they're not going to be doing uh, their first party titles day and date and that just they you know fine what whatever um but yeah it's just like with what microsoft is doing with with game pass and anything that's on game pass has a 20 percent discount uh, through the microsoft store um and just the fact of just the the, the backwards compatibility efforts um I, I i do wish that the the ui wasn't so cluttered and I, I don't know if you're getting more comfortable with it, but like I, I still kind of get that jarring. Like I don't know where things are at. Um, yeah, it, it has not bothered me that much. Like system menu stuff, I find pretty easy to navigate. The <laughs> thing that just confuses me, or that I just wish was easier, was the like screenshot recording, like going through those menus. Oh, yeah. Like sometimes I accidentally take a video or take a screenshot, or then a minute or two later, I'm like, ah, I don't need that. And I have to go through, like, I have to go, like, five levels deep into the menus to, like, delete that. And then, you know, I've also got it set up to where whenever I take a screenshot or video, it uploads it to the Xbox network. So then I could just, like, yeah. immediately yeah. view it on my phone. But yeah. if I'm going to delete a video, like, almost, like, a video or a picture, like, right after taking it, it's like, okay, I basically need to either wait for it to upload to the network and then just delete that version. And then I think it prompts me, do you want to delete the local version, too? Or I just like go delete it from the queue, the upload queue, and then I delete the local version. It all should. I just wish that stuff was a little simpler. Like yeah. it seems like seems pretty easy to navigate on the Nintendo and uh, Sony devices, Sony platforms. It just it yeah. seems troublesome. But yeah, the the system menu I find pretty simple, pretty easy. Uh, I I do like that it it is fairly customizable. Like I I did start going through and kind of clearing things off of the the. The, the main dashboard uh, just clearing some things out like the, the entertainment or the movies and stuff like um, I'm not really using my game platforms to, to buy movies yeah. Um, yeah and I and to be fair I only stay like basically like three levels deep on that top level menu like I will like I I do go into the game pass section um, just to see like okay 
like whenever they put like the advertisements of what's coming or what's leaving, I'll check that stuff out yeah. from the system menu. And then same thing with the Microsoft Store. Maybe it's like the Xbox Live Gold section. I'll go and see, well, what are the gold deals of the week on Tuesday? But, I, I, I mean, that's that, that's pretty much as deep as I go down. It's basically to the Microsoft Store section. That, that, that is one thing that, uh, again, giving some, some kudos to Microsoft for is uh, the um, – the, the messages that they send out are like these games are, are joining game pass so ch- you know keep an eye out for these like I, I like that um, that's something that that Sony doesn't do um, and I Nintendo doesn't do so it, it is you know as, as far as like when when new things and I mean Sony is cleaning up the PlayStation store uh, quite a bit um, over the the last two over the last two weeks um they have now started to bury some of the uh shovelware games that were just filling up the the, the main main page of the playstation store yeah um, true achievements i think i saw a story about that um where they're talking about sony is making an effort to like crack down on those easy platinum games easy trophy <laughs> games yeah um because it, it essentially, like, Stray had just came out. People were talking about it, and it, it was all the rage, all, all the buzz that everybody was talking about. Um, but if you went to the PlayStation Store, you would have to sift through about 20 to 30 quote-unquote new releases of these just shovelware games before you got to Stray. And so... Like Sony is making a, a a concerted effort to uh to to clean up the store to make it easier to to kind of see the more um, worthwhile releases, um, and one of the the, the people that I, I follow on Twitter that uh, uh, Mystic Ryan, uh, he actually did a video that that shows uh, before these these uh, updates for the PlayStation Store for at least for the PS Five. Uh, before they took effect and then after and it is very very substantial um because before the updates like there were three or four versions of the exact same game that they that the uh developer publisher just put like a a plus or ultra or something on in the exact same game so you would end up having three or four of the exact same game just taking up the the new re- the new game new release games section on the PlayStation Store, um, so it it is nice uh, being able to go to the PlayStation Store and not just be bombarded with shovelware crap. Um, th- so that is nice, but uh, like I said, I I do like the the messages that Microsoft sends out whenever new games are joining Game Pass, but also the games that are leaving. Game Pass is kind of like a, a last, last hurrah for uh, for the games that are that have either been on the service for a couple months or a year. Um, but yeah, I mean that's how that's what turned me on to uh, what remains of Edith Finch, and in turn turned you on to it. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's just it it's things like that, just the little nuances and stuff that i think microsoft is just is just nailing I, I think they're just doing a good job of having a full-fledged ecosystem um for uh, for xbox um which do you 
Have, have you played any of like the, the the PC Game Pass stuff? Like, have you checked out any? Uh, well, about that. Death Stranding. You, you you played Death Stranding, didn't you? No, but oh. after oh. doing Edith Finch, uh, two of the games that True Achievements highlighted as, hey, these are some you know quick, easy completions that are leaving Game Pass soon. Um, alongside Edith Finch was Twelve Minutes, and you know we talked about it last week. It's yeah. Its control scheme is kind of like a point-and-click game. You basically move the cursor, select where you want the character to walk to, and then he walks there. I, After playing it for like a minute or two on Xbox, I was like, you know, I ought to see if I can just get this running on the PC since I can play PC Game Pass Do use that. Well, I needed to update my like Xbox app on my computer to do that. I had an yeah. older, older version of it, and unfortunately around the time of like the windows 10 updates i eventually like capitulated and put like a you know do not install <laughs> windows 10 like quit reminding me sort of app yeah. and i think i also did some registry edits um and mm -hmm. i didn't document what i did so oh, no. it became an issue a while ago where my computer like a couple six months or so ago or longer last oh, one no. or two years ago where my computer was like every day like just trying to restart trying to do that or it was just going into a blue screen of death there was something where it was doing oh. frequently and it ultimately related back to that where i had messed up my computer in such a way where everything functioned fine but it was <laughs> there was always this upgrade assistant running and i could never remove the upgrade assistant i could never like completely shut it off eventually i don't know what happened i don't remember if i actually got rid of it or if it just stopped at a certain point but I can't upgrade my Windows version because of that. And so I can't take advantage of PC Game Pass because of that either. Well, I mean, that is definitely... That, <laughs> that's one one of the, you know, obstacles when it comes to, like, PC gaming. Like, I've, I've got a, a, a good PC that can play... Uh, uh, pretty much any PC game that I throw at it now, but I, I I do know at some point like upgrades and stuff will have to start becoming more of a uh, a focal point as far as like hardware and stuff. And I don't know if I really want to get into like actually transitioning to being a full fledged like PC gamer because. You know, it, it, it can be kind of a daunting thing of trying to keep track of what goes where and where things save to and... Uh, where things save to? What? As far as, like, the program files and all that kind of stuff. like That's, That stuff's not hard. But uh, but also, like, I, I, I like the plug-and-play nature of consoles. Yeah. I mean, the, just the ease of access. The, the what? The ease of access. Yeah, yeah. Plug and play uh, nature. You you know your game's going to run on it. And you know it's going to have a you know at least like bare minimum quality. It's not going to be something where, well, crap. I bought this game and it really needs like a, a graphics card like one step above what I have. So now it run the now it runs terribly on my system. Yeah, and and then just like you know, dreading having to like upgrade RAM or change out the graphics card or anything like that. Like I'm I just like and. And that stuff's not hard. Uh, you know, I've expanded the RAM in my computer. I've done some other uh, add-ons to it. Add, like, a wireless network card. I will... 
I will resolve that issue at some point. I after realizing that last week, like coincidentally, like last week or the week before, um, I'd been thinking for a long time, basically since encountering that issue in the last year or two, I've been wanting to either reset my computer um, or get a new one. I think my graphics card and everything, all that stuff is still fine for what I would be doing. Um, so I'd probably just go the route of just do a, a full factory reset. The only thing that's kind of been preventing me, and admittedly I have not done much research into it or looking into it, is um, how to get Windows reinstalled on it. You know, I think with the computer I bought, it basically had the single license for Windows. So if I reset everything, I don't know that that license is valid again. And so I just need to sit down, research that, and then go through with the process. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, that's uh, we've, we've got uh, quite a few games that are, you know, we have three games that are nearing completion. Um, with a couple games on, on the docket for, uh, for you know, th- to play next. Um, but I, I think probably a good good stopping point, don't, don't you? Any, anything else that, that uh, you can think of? Sure, I mean, I can just keep talking, but it's a good <laughs> time to quit as well. That's I, I was I was thinking of possibly throwing the the you know the the new Aoden Chronicle Hundred Hero trailer in there as far as like a discussion point because uh, I was gonna kind of use that to segue to the uh, that yeah. du- a dual Kickstarter that that uh, that you found with uh, a Penny Blood and uh, Armed fan- yeah the spir- spiritual successors yeah. to Wild Arms and Shadow Hearts. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, we've talked about that stuff offline. Yeah. I think we've we've expressed each other's opinions about the Iodin uh, trailer that dropped at Gamescom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's a, a good a good stopping point. Lots of games, lots of games. Um, finally, getting into the the swing of of uh, getting these games completed. Um, but this, well, you, you, you are. Yeah, I've yeah. been no, I've been knocking them out like well, every episode. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, even even getting some some surprises in there from your uh, from your trip. Um, yeah, and I'll have it. I'll have another surprise next week. I could name drop it here, but I'll go ahead and wait. I'll keep it a surprise. All right. Well, a, a good little cliffhanger for for anybody out there. We, we are starting to. Damn get it! Some, yeah. How did you know I was going to play cliffhanger on the Sega CD? Uh, well, I mean, that's. For for some reason, I was just thinking that you were you were in that uh, that Stallone mood. Well, uh, I mean, I did check it out years ago, and it, it seemed fine. And and you know, Stallone was in Tulsa filming for a a show. You know, so Stallone's yeah, on the mind yeah. recently. But That's, wow, uh, cliffhanger for Sega CD! I you nailed it in one. I mean, usually you're the one with the just encyclopedic uh, memory of things, and you're able to kind of use that to to, to make some pretty profound guesses um but uh, every once in a while I, I i get some surprises in there myself so but this has been episode seven of just one more pocket just one more podcast wow I, I okay let's let's do that just one more time yeah that's uh, j- just so uh but yeah, this has been episode seven of Just One More Podcast. 
I am Jeff from Just One More Level. And this was John from MyBrainOnGames.com. And you'll hear us again with the next episode, episode 8 of Just One More Podcast, here on Anchor or Spotify or Google Podcasts or finally Apple Podcasts. So see you next week. Bye-bye.